Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pod on You Loons. I'm Justin. Pod on You Loons. This is Sam. We welcome back Grant, famous for his Grant rants. How you doing, Grant? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate uh, not getting blacklisted. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we can never blacklist you. You just rant about us on Twitter, and we have uh, more listeners. That's the threat. That's the subliminal threat right there. Yeah. No, I I highly appreciate Grant coming on because. I'm going to level with you guys. I'm an honest person. I hardly watched any of the Loons game. I was at a remote cabin for my my brother's wedding. So first of all, congratulations, Aaron. But I didn't catch any of the Loons game last night. And I meant to at least watch the 15-minute highlights on MLS's app. But my, my daughter, we kind of threw her schedule in for the loop, right? And she just was not in the mood to let me watch those 15 minutes. So I got to about the part where Chase Gasper draws the red card. And then that was about it. So I, I didn't even see, I didn't even see Kai Kamara actually take the penalty. I know it went in, but. And for what it's worth, yeah. it probably should have been a red card. I don't want to correct you, but it ended up just being a penalty. And I don't even believe it was a yellow card. Unfortunately, it was oh, a pretty did, nasty. Did you get booked for that? No, I don't think he did. What? Uh, correct so, me if I'm wrong. We, I can look real quick. No, no, no. I incorrectly said red card. I meant to say penalty. Okay. So, yeah, okay. I don't think he even got a yellow, which is, is super frustrating because, you know, all around Twitter, a lot of people were saying, it's got to be something. I mean, that was a high studs up challenge. It's in the box. I mean, that's rough. I'll take the okay. penalty. Well, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. But a- anyway... We loved the episode Grant was on a few episodes ago, and I was like, I'm not watching the game. Justin can't just talk to himself, so let's bring on Grant, and uh, we're highly appreciative that Grant is rejoining us. So. Happy to help. Before we get going, just a quick reminder to, if you enjoy the show, leave us an iTunes review, especially if you leave us an iTunes review that actually has words, and it could be as simple as, the pod is good pod is okay. Whatever. Words will help us. It actually, that is how iTunes boosts you up in their own search engine. So eventually when people type in Minnesota United into iTunes, I would like them to actually see the Pod on Elunes podcast rather than random Minnesota Wild, Minnesota Viking podcasts that come up before us. I'm just assuming that's not what people want when they, when they search for Minnesota United. Subscribe to us, follow us, Twitter, Facebook, at Podloons. You can follow Grant at Cold North Rants. But guys, let's get into the news. There's some big ones. Wait, before you start this, Sam, and this is me doing my typical go off go off schedule, and you can delete this if you want to. Should we bring back what are you drinking? Because because I want to know what you guys are drinking right now. Because <laughs> we got some fun looking beers. I'm happy doing that. Um, that is what the lunacy guys do. Like you every can steal episode. it from them. Who cares? Yeah, and. You know, free publicity for the Lunacy guys. They, If you like beer and you like Minnesota United, give them a listen. I'll go first because I'm probably boring. I got the Surly Series. <laughs> nice. Controversial given the, uh, you know, nowadays you can't choose a beer without choosing sides on the union, pro-union, Ooh. anti-union, you know. Wow. Sam, I thought you were pro-union. Wow, Sam. Wow. I, 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 <laughs> I just want to drink a beer, guys. Um <laughs> I'm not educated enough on the Surly situation. I read I read the article, but that was it. 
if I was more educated on the situation, maybe I would have more of an opinion. Oh, no, uh, giving you grief. It's all good. It's a good nope. beer. It's a good beer. It's a good beer. It's a good solid. So I'm having um, Oliphant's Super Squishy. So Oliphant is uh, in Somerset. Fantastic for being from Wisconsin. I mean, they do have good beer in Wisconsin. That's one of the few things that Wisconsin is good at is beer. And cheese. And cheese. Oliphant is a fantastic brewery in Somerset. And yeah, this is good stuff. I am drinking just a classic premium. Ooh, Rainbow oh, there premium. you go. Nice. The, the new can, the Tall Boys. And uh, as remarking to my wife, Hannah, that it, it makes me miss Loon's Games drinking like premium Tall Boys because that's kind of what I would get normally at the games. And so I'm drinking this going, why is this making me a little sad? <laughs> I just miss being at the game so much, you know? So drinking a premium. No complaints here. Hopefully no union statements regarding Framebark <laughs> either. Hopefully I can just have a neutral beer. It is amazing, like, just in general, the, the things that make, that make statements these days. You know, being someone like me that's not super political. I'll be honest, I haven't, uh, like, I haven't flown a flag outside since COVID started, right? Because I don't want anyone to think I support Trump. I don't think, I don't think that would, I don't think that would be, like, the assumption. Well... I'm, I mean, Sam, you, you can't know. wear your you can't wear your MAGA head anymore, Sam. We know that. Um, <laughs> just kidding, Sam. So, just kidding. Yeah, our last place fantasy football trophy in our in our league is a a modified MAGA hat, like a helmet, like with the the beer holder things in there, so like the straws come out, so you can drink from your helmet. You know what I'm talking about, right? Except it's uh, hydrochloroquine or whatever that is. Right? <laughs> no, even better. You're not ice. Oh, that is better, and probably cures COVID just as well. Does, does it say? Is it a MAGA helmet or something? Is that what it is? Yeah, but he crossed out America and wrote it. We call it the Blue Gold League because we went to UW Eau Claire, and so it says "Make the Blue Gold League Great Again," and then it has the. The two Shmirnoff ices, and then I won't say what else has been attached to the helmet. <laughs> it would not go well with our PG rating, but that has been our last place trophy since 2016. On with the news. Mason Toy traded to Montreal. I told you this was a big one. So this trade worth a total of 600000 in GAM over this season and next, plus Montreal's 2021 Second round pick. Of course, Transfermarkt has Mason Toy valued at $550,000, which was down from $660,000 during his peak last year when he went on that big goal-scoring run. Of course, he is in his last year of his Generation Adidas contract, and he has two years, or he had two years left, on his Minnesota United contract. The Generation Adidas contract, that part is significant because... Generation Adidas, that designation was meant to allow MLS teams to not have young, expensive prospects count against them in the salary cap. So right now, or until we traded him, Mason Toy's contract did not hurt Minnesota when it came to the salary cap. But next year, had he still been on the team, his salary would have counted against the cap. No more. He, he is gone. In addition to the $550,000 and the second round pick, 
Minnesota United will also receive an undisclosed percentage of any future transfer fee that Montreal receives should they sell him off to, say, a European team, which we were all pretty sure that Mason Toy had his sights set on heading over to Europe at the end of his MLS contract anyway. So freelance MLS reporter Tom Bogert summarized comments made by Adrian Heath via at Tom Bogart on Twitter. Heath expressed Toy's frustration over playing time, uh, said that there was quite a lot of interest in Toy, but Montreal made the best effort by far. Heath also expressed Toy feels adamant about playing abroad after his contract is up and is fully aware that this has the potential to make him look bad. Like Heath? Make Heath look bad? Depends on to who, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> So guys, how do we feel about this trade? And uh, what do you think it means for Minnesota United in the striker position going forward? So I actually am uh, attempting to start up a bit of a podcast. So I had a practice run the other week. Um, and one of the things that we had talked about just as a, a practice run, we're talking about general MLS things, but that was a big one because where Mason Toy lands was a talk um, from Extra Time. Uh, you know, the MLS people, Extra Time had talked about where Mason Toy was going to end up. And we had decided that there was no way we would get rid of Mason Toy. It was just silly, didn't make a lot of sense. The timing didn't make a lot of sense. And lo and behold, just a couple days later, we go ahead and trade Mason Toy. I don't like it from the sense that I like Mason Toy as a person. I like Mason Toy as a player. I like the upside he brings. Um, But the more I thought about it and the more I thought about the nature of this transfer, I think largely it comes down to Mason Toy didn't see himself necessarily beating out Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara, the fifth all-time leading goal scorer of the NLS, which, understandable. Understandable frustration. If you're a striker, you want to start didn't see him beating out Kai, and so he requested the trade. And and I think to some degree, Adrian Heath did Mason Toy a uh, beneficial act. I think he traded him to a situation that was good for him. He gets to play underneath his all-time hero, Thierry Henry, which like any striker would love to play under Henry. And he gets in a situation where he's probably going to be the starting striker. And so... We got valuable assets. Montreal gets Mason Toy, and you know Toy gets to play under his hero. I, I think it it's bummer for us as fans, but I have a hard time really looking into it and saying this is terrible for anybody. It's I think it's good for everybody, realistically. And if you look at our striker production, we were winning games by having our midfield score. Uh, if we can get a striker to get going, that's great, but... I don't know if we need it right now necessarily. So I'll just talk a little bit about how I feel. So um, it's bummer to see him go, you know, and a lot of, a lot of what Grant said, I agree with, you know, I'd like to see him be successful. It doesn't seem like that's going to be here. Um, I didn't know about the aspirations to go to Europe after this contract is up. And in my head, I guess when I think about it is Mason toy going to be better than Kai Kamara before the end of next year you know and like that's for me it's like do i have in my head like aspirations that mason toy could be a fantastic player down the road for sure but if if his goal is to get out of here within the next two years is he going to be better than kai kamara by the end of that time and i don't know if the answer is yes to that so you know like i think we talked on the previous episode to sam not saying that they're like similar players by any means 
But Mason Toy, the like the ceiling for us is kind of Kai Kamara, right? And we have Kai Kamara right now to produce Kai Kamara things, and that's it's just not Mason Toy right now. So I'm I'm bummed to see him go because we don't get to see him flourish. Uh, but hopefully he gets what he's looking for in Montreal. Yeah, I I don't have a lot to add. Those were my thoughts too. Is that I'm bummed that he's gone. I really liked him. I really liked that he was a loon. I was really proud that he was a draft pick. And it's just, he wasn't ready now. And this team, the way this team is set up, we need a striker that's ready now. And right now, I'd rather have Kai Kamara. Have you guys seen the, have you listened to the interview that Heath just did? I think it was two days ago. It might have been on Friday. Did you guys listen to that at all? No, I was in the middle of the woods, remember? Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> so so somebody asked Heath, uh, I think, a really good question, actually. They asked what your ideal striker is, and what Heath said, I think, was very telling. He wants his strikers to be big. They have to be able to both hold up the ball and find space on their own, and then be able to you know, create shots. And so if you look at the only time we've, and besides Mason Toy, the main time we've selected a striker, it was Abu Dinladi, who was able to create shots. He was a big guy, or big-ish for a striker, and strong. And so I think if you look at what we are asking our strikers to do, I don't think Mason Toy perfectly fit that role. I think he could one day. I think we were trying to get him to that point. But Mason Toy is, I think, almost the prototypical Thierry Henry type striker that sneak in behind the cornerbacks, find those open cut runs, those type of things. I don't think he's the back to the goal, hold up the ball, pass it off to the midfield, work it into the box kind of player. And that's okay. I think he'll find his own way. So I don't want to speak negatively of Mason, but I just think he never developed into that complete roundabout striker that we were looking for. Whereas you look at the players we're using, Kai Kamara, big dude, Aaron Schoenfeld, big dude, and then Luis Amaria, who, when he was healthy those first two games, he could hold the ball up, he could move the ball around, he could make those runs, he was physical when he needed to be. So I think Toy wasn't where we wanted him to be, and I think Justin makes a great point. Will he be better than Kai Kamara in the next two years? I think we only have Kai for one year, but the point being is the same. I don't think he will be. Now, let's go back to Luis Amaria. So... With this move regarding Toy, and of course, it seems like Toy wanted out and that the club was granting his wishes to let him move on elsewhere. But how do we think this this move of Toy moving away from the club, how does this relate to Luisa Maria? Like, do we think Luisa Maria is any closer to returning? What do we think about that? Uh, I know that I texted with you, Sam, when I found out about the toy thing. I was like, oh, does that mean that Amory is around the corner? Uh, So I don't know if it's the same interview that you were talking about before, Grant, but they talked to Heath about it. And the bad news is he obviously didn't play against Cincinnati. He won't be playing on Tuesday. And it sounds like he might even need surgery for for his injured ankle. So who knows, man? That that's That's just a huge bummer. You know, and Heath brought up Heath brought up the fact that he's not even our player, right? He's on loan from Argentinian club Valise Sarsfield, uh, and they have an option to buy at the end of the year. But who knows if that'll happen? 
you know, after all of this, if, if he has surgery, I assume, I assume surgery is, means he's done, right? Usually that like an ankle surgery, right. Would mean that he's done for the year. Yeah, probably, probably for the year. I think it comes down to how much that option to buy is because it, to this date, it still seems undisclosed. So it comes down to, do you believe, you know, if that number is a reasonable number, let's say it's, I don't know, a million dollars or less maybe, but if it's a million dollars, I don't know. I would probably buy Luis Samaria for that based off those two games we saw. Cause I went back and watched those two games, his off ball movement, his hold up play, his creation, his strikes were incredible. And I would pay for that. Assuming he can get healthy. This is a weird season. And we have to acknowledge that, you know, all these games are happening so fast. We have a game on Tuesday. These games are happening so fast. We're not giving some of these players a chance to rest, to heal. Uh, Kevin Molino's in and out. You know, I know we'll get to that eventually, but we're giving people very little time to rest. And then they're right on a plane flying down to cities uh, the day of. So I would be willing to gamble on Amaria. I don't think he's coming back this year. I think, unfortunately, he is probably going to sit out. I hope he does whatever is best for his overall health, but I don't think he's coming back for this year. Yeah, let's just touch up on the rest of the injuries. Not a ton of updates. Ikopara and Ethan Finlay, they were seen in the stands of the TV broadcast the other day. Good to see them. I don't have any news on how, how they're coming along. Same with Ozzy Alonso and Greg Ranjitsing. And of course, Luis Amaria, all still hurt. Not quite sure when they're coming back. Hopefully some of them start coming back soon. Kevin Molino did come back this week. He was in the lineup as, and he was used as a substitute. And he, he scored coming in as a sub. So it was great to see Kevin Molino back in the lineup. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say the offense just looks better when he's around. Brent Coleman also done. He was not injured, but he was in the quarantine period after he was recalled from his loan to El Paso in the USL championship. He was on the bench yesterday as an unused sub. Guys, something that hit Twitter late last week that, you know, in the midst of our injury issues, there is an upcoming international break that I don't think... I definitely didn't have this on my radar. And guys, that is with the UEFA Nations League. We have Robin Lud with Finland and Jan Gregish with Slovakia. Both are supposed to be selected by their national teams to participate in the UEFA Nations League draws. Now, for both of these players, that would mean three games between October 7th and October 14th and an additional two games between November 15th and November 18th, plus any sort of quarantine weeks that would go along with that. In addition to Robin Lud and Jan Grigish, Kevin Molino would have the potential to have international duty with Trinidad and Tobago. According to Annie Greeter, their participation could miss them five to six Minnesota United games while they're gone, plus the quarantines. Adrian Heath was quoted in this article stating that this was, quote, not feasible. Sam, this feels like this should be a part of the big CF. You said this a little too early in the podcast. This feels big CF worthy. Well, there was a lot to go in the big CF coming up. So, <laughs> yeah. 
We might just have to make an entire episode of the Big CF sometime. I think, you know, if these games happened in, you know, a regular season where there's no quarantine, you know, maybe they're missing two to three games, it's not a big deal. I think five to six games is so much. I think we have realistic starters. You know, if you want to slot in immediately Chikori Hayes for Jan Gregush, you want to slot in Raheem Edwards for Robin Lude, or, you know, Tomas Chacon even for Robin Lude. Whatever you want to do, there's options. But those, those options are assuming that nobody gets hurt that nobody gets yellow card accumulation, that nobody gets, you know, uh, tactically switched around. I think it's such a tricky situation. I think we have enough depth to survive, but we're playing in a very competitive Western Conference that, you know, every single game matters. We've already dropped points unnecessarily, and I think that will come back to haunt this team as we potentially lose some players for extended periods of time. Yeah, I got to say, I, I'm i with Heath. I don't think it's feasible. And for that reason, I don't think it's going to happen. There's always a little bit of give and take when it comes to club and country in the clubs that are paying the majority of the player's salary and the country, which, let, let's face it, it's a huge honor to be selected for your country. This is not the Euros. This is not the World Cup. This is the UEFA Nations League and whatever Trinidad and Tobago are playing for right now. It's just, it's not as important as the MLS regular season. The players know that. The coaches know that. Everyone knows that. I don't think these guys are going to leave on international duty and miss five to six games each. I just, I don't see it happening. I do think that this is yet another reason though why the MLS should reconsider their schedule. It made a lot of sense in the MLS's early years that they didn't necessarily want to schedule themselves around the international breaks because they wanted to maximize their viewership on TV. They wanted to maximize their ticket sales, all of that. Well, now that they're having more and more international players come in, more and more players that have international duty, it just it's getting to the point where it doesn't make sense for the MLS to still have games while the rest of the world is in an international break. I think another thing that's worth noting is the length of time from the last time that both Robin Lude and Jan Gregush has uh, made appearances for their national team. So Robin Lude had a really great stretch of games in 2018 for Finland. Um, it was one of the reasons I would always, you know, tweet on Twitter, place where you tweet, uh, that Robin Lude was actually good because he would have appearances in the central or the right side and he would do a really good job. He'd be their man of the match. But if you go back, Robin Lude hasn't appeared for Finland in quite a while. I was actually trying to look it up briefly while you were talking. Couldn't find the last time he had appeared for Finland. But same with Jan Gregus. He hasn't appeared for Slovakia in a bit. And so... To some degree, I think the argument that both Heath will make to the players um, and that we have to consider is, you know, are you really going to play? Will they actually call you up? It sounds like maybe they may get consideration, but will you get playing time? Is it worth missing out on five games worth of paychecks? I mean, I don't know. 
And it seems like it's a lot of hoops to get these guys over there, right? Like there's a lot of different elements that are going to, you know, inconvenience their, their countries, their countries as well. I agree with both of you. I mean, it's an honor, right, to, to be in consideration, but it just doesn't make any sense in this current climate. Well, guys, let's get into the game that I did not watch. I will list off the lineup because that is something that I can contribute, <laughs> and then I will let you add it. The Loons lined up last night against Cincinnati. In the goal, of course, it was Dane St. Clair. At defense, it was Ramon Metinere, Boxy, Debassi, and Chase Gasper. The midfield was comprised of Hassani Dotson, Ja'Cory Hayes, and Young Grigish. And our front three were Robin Lude, Kai Kamara, and Emmanuel Reynoso. Two subs were used last night. Kevin Molino in for Ja'Cory Hayes in the 61st. And then it was Big Salary in for Kai Kamara in the 72nd. So guys, have at it. How'd that first half go? <laughs> so not a lot happened in the first half. I know... I know- Grant has his notes, and maybe he can he can kind of delve into stuff more. But really, the big wanna, thing. Hold on, I want to throw out. I didn't watch this game at all. Grant watched it twice, so that's dedication. <laughs> there you go. That is that someone is that doesn't have kids yet, but it's still dedication. <laughs> so I've got so a like, thought, you know. I mean, that makes a difference. <laughs> that's true. It's the same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Except you so can't real- lock your kid in the cage for hours at a time. <laughs> Don't ever do that, Sam. Cece's too... I like Cece too much. She doesn't deserve that. She's too cute for that. (laughs) So the only thing that really happened in the first half, you know, besides anything that that, that Grant will bring up, is, you know, Chase Gasper getting his ankle destroyed in the box, and it it led to a penalty. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go into that in a second. I think this whole game... One of the things I noticed right away is FC Cincinnati, and I don't want to call them dirty because I think we've played dirtier teams. Um, They're a team that you can see has better quality than they've been putting up on the the score sheet. So uh, they're 12th in the Eastern Conference and 24th in the overall supporter shield rating. So they are not good. Uh, they've only scored eight goals in the MLS right now, and they have like a negative 13 uh, goal differential. So yes. they've been getting their butt kicked. But you see some of their players, and you think, you know, they have Yapstam. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he's a, a Dutch a coach who's very, uh, he's highly respected. He's supposed to be a good coach. I think he's got good tactics. Um, they're putting stuff together, and they're still, you know, what, in the second year of their existence? Um, so they're a better team, I think, than they have been showing out. And you can tell the players have a bit of, I would say, pride. They want to play hard. They want to play aggressive. They want to play fast. And the results just aren't coming. It led to uh, a super late challenge, and I would say a dangerous challenge, by one of their players, Garza, in the fifth minute. And then another late tackle on Gasper in the twelfth minute that, you know, again, I don't think it looked malicious. It just looks reckless i think they're just pushing so hard for any type of victory at all i mean that's what i thought right away i don't know what you think justin yeah i mean that that was that's a team that hasn't hasn't had success right and you want to do everything you can to win or to do something um positive and that can make you play risky with anything you're doing and it showed up as being reckless though last night it's crazy to me that chase kept playing the whole game I mean, because that tackle, if you watch it, 
it's not a flop. I mean, I, I don't think of any of our players chases the type of guy to flop. Uh, that looked rough. That was a right. studs on ankle, solid connection. You can see his ankle twist in the slow motion replay. I'm really impressed he played the entirety of that game. Genuinely. I know he gets a lot of flack, and I think it's reasonable. You know, he gets too far forward sometimes, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that he finished that game out was was very much impressive. Um, Sam, did you see anything in the highlight reel that... <laughs> I, I like that you uh, that you humored me by uh, throwing a question at <laughs> me. Actually, really, the only thing I saw in the highlight reel was Chase getting stomped on. That was essentially every because every single cleat on his on his on his ankle, like <laughs> the whole cleat. <laughs> no, Did I, you guys ever see the movie by Stephen, uh, the Stephen King movie Misery? Yeah, where where the guy gets hobbled, uh, yeah. the, the block of wood in between his ankle. I Kathy saw, Bates, oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> He got Kathy Bates. I mean, that was awful. That was rough to watch. But no, besides that, I think in the first half, we we showed some life. I think on Minnesota United's half, um, high pressure right away. You're watching the team run at every single player, both offensively and defensively. If we have the ball, Reynoso's taking people on. Lude's taking people on. You know, Kai Kamara's making runs in the box. On defense, I thought we were in their face the entire time. You know, because I think these are both teams that have quality on different portions of their team, and both teams have been struggling. We've been in a bit of a low form. Keith doesn't want to call it a skid, but I'm going to call it a skid. We should have brought more points out of those last few games. Yeah, I, I saw it. I guess, like, it, it, it does make sense, right, because we watch those games, but I didn't realize we haven't won a game since September 9th, so almost a month without without three points rough rough but it was it was nice to see kai kamara connect on the penalty shot that was fantastic in the 16th minute put us on the board and that was a lot for the first half anything else grant that you could remember for the first half oh well okay i mean i know i'm the resident load guy right but (laughs) we've got shot opportunity after shot opportunity by robin load and and every single situation, he's creating some awesome, awesome chances. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about Reynoso's connection to the team. No one has benefited more from Reynoso's addition than Robin Lud. Because honestly, he has finally got the person who can find him on those open runs. Because you can go back, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, go ahead and, and challenge me on this. If I'm wrong, I'll admit it. But you can go back and watch... 2019 film see robin lud watch the runs he makes because he's making great runs and nobody sees him nobody notices him and then sometimes he doesn't always finish he's not the best finisher in the world but what he is good at is he takes advantageous runs gets himself open so anyways great opportunity uh 17th minute really good shot opportunity uh kai kamara almost finishes it and then in the 35th minute i was watching this game with my wife and my in-laws and having just great conversation in general. I almost screamed obscenities uh, <laughs> at the 35th minute because Robin Lude receives a great through pass from Ja'Cory Hayes, who really impressed me this game. I'll talk about him later too, but received a great through pass, uh, tapped the ball to the side, and then just got completely taken out by the goalie in the center back. They didn't get anywhere near the ball. It's in the box, and... The ref just lets it go, doesn't 
take a look, another look at it, whatever. And I think if I have my biggest complaint of specifically MLS referees, it's almost this fairness bias of refereeing where, oh, they just got a penalty. We can't call another one. No, you can, because it's a penalty. And I don't want to grant rant too long on it, but I'm just going to say, go back, look at the highlights. If you have you know the full game or whatever, I, I record all the games, but look at the 35th minute that, that uh, pass into the box from Ja'Cory Hayes to Robin Lud. Absolutely should have been a penalty. I don't know how people weren't more upset about it online. Speaking of Robin Lud, Captain James, his Robin Lud jersey just arrived at my house. So <laughs> I'm going to ship that thing to the Netherlands, and pretty soon you'll be able to see on social media James wearing his 3 a.m. impulse buy after I forget which game it was, but he was so happy Love about it. Robin Lud that he impulsively bought a Love Robin Lud jersey. <laughs> I'm ashamed someone beat me to it. Yeah, I bought a... You don't have one yet? No. I, I would. Oh, my wife bought me a Gregus jersey, which is great because we like vodka. So Gregus, Gregus, right? Um, but Robin Lude would have been my next one after that. So I, I said next year I'm going to get one because I already have the white Darwin, you know, the white snowdrift, and then I have the wing kit Gregus. So now I'm going to get Robin Lude whenever we get some new one. But... Uh, I'm ashamed that someone else got one before me. (laughs) Um, The other thing that I noticed, and Justin, you can weigh in if you've noticed this too, is I am really getting anxious watching these games with how many players are just absolutely trying to destroy Reynoso. I mean, he is the focal point of our team, and it's clear. But at the 47th, no, yeah, 47th minute, uh, number eight got a yellow card, super late tackle from behind on Reynoso. They're always from behind or from the side. They're always late. They're always getting his ankles. And I swear if one of these players breaks our new toy, I'm going to freak out. I, I agree. I, I think that it's a kind of a hat tilt to him, to Reynoso being the player he is. Obviously, don't agree with being dirty towards the guy. But, you know, he's always getting mobbed. They always are putting pressure on him because they know that if he gets the ball and he gets it in space and he's able to create, he's going to make fun stuff happen. It happens over and over again, right? So, you know, you try to smother that out by putting a lot of pressure on him. You don't want it to get too dirty. Obviously, we don't want to lose this guy. That'd be terrible. I I agree. I'd be very angry as well. Um, but I think that it's it's a testament to him and his ability. So question for, for both you guys. Sam, you can weigh in on this because it doesn't require last game's <laughs> viewing. But I saw on, on Instagram somebody had asked, is Reynoso after... In what five six games is he our best Minnesota United player? You know to ever wear the Minnesota United shirt, and I'll let you guys weigh in. I'll, I'll hold my opinions for a second. This kind of seems like we've joked a lot about like if Patrick Mahomes retires today, like where does he rank in the all time NFL quarterback? Like this sounds to me a little bit like that. Like you know, if it was summertime and we were trying to fill minutes on a podcast, I could see like going <laughs> further into this. Um, no, I, I think it's what it's been a month and a half. How long has it been guys? It, I mean, think about Darwin, right? Like think about Darwin in his stretch of 2018, where, you know, with the Toronto hat trick and just everything he was doing. If you just take a player's best month and a half wearing a Minnesota United kit, has to be Darwin. Now, 
do I really like what I'm seeing from Emmanuel Reynoso and believe he can be the greatest player Minnesota United's ever had? Absolutely. And I stopped believing in Darwin, right? Like I, I, I believe Darwin peaked with us and I didn't believe it was going to get any better. And, you know, I understood why he wasn't in the starting lineup in the U.S. Open Cup final. I understood why he wasn't in the starting lineup against LA Galaxy in the playoffs. But you like mean because 100- he hung over during the U.S. Open Cup final? <laughs> you didn't hear well, that from me. <laughs> I I do not know what your source is, but you know I I do know a guy named Max McGee in a certain Super Bowl who uh, who was also pretty hungover. I forget if that was Super Bowl one or Super Bowl two, but way to go, Max McGee. You're an and- inspiration, Max. <laughs> but. Yeah, we're just talking a month and a half stretch of form. Like you got to go with Darwin. I think that 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 idea, right? That maybe he is the best we've seen. I think it, there's a lot of things that kind of get baked into that. I think that the fact that he's 24 years old and he looks the way he does is huge. Darwin, Darwin's an old man. I think that what we've seen is like peak Darwin Quintero, right? And in soccer, your peak. You know, obviously, like soccer careers don't last forever, but I think I don't think we've seen Reynoso at his peak yet, or at least we shouldn't yet, right? Like he probably has, you know, many years to come where he can be he can be really good for us. I think that that's that's a lot of what I'm thinking when I say that that maybe I know that that's not a straightforward answer, but I think he might be just because he's 24 and he looks great. It reminds me a lot of. You know, like I'm not, you know, you two, you two are way more into soccer than I am. You watch a lot more games than I do. But with my my recently promoted Leeds team, I'm watching a lot more EPL games than I have in a long time. So I kind of can see the differences in play a little bit better than I used to. And watching him play, the things he does makes me think of an EPL player and what I've seen in games from players. And not not to say, you know, bad takes exposed, you know, like this could be a bad take at some point. But I think that that right now we see glimmers of something special at 24 that I'm very happy that he's on our team and we'll have him for, you know, the next couple of years at least. Well, and guys, he hasn't even gotten a goal of his own yet. He's just been, you know, making assists and creating opportunities for others, but he hasn't gotten a goal of his own yet, and we're already talking this highly about him. I think it speaks to the visual level of quality he brings to the table. To answer my own question, I'm going to say maybe, which is the lamest answer possible. <laughs> but, but you have to factor in so many things. The fact that we have to talk about this is actually a good thing. We've had some quality players. So you want to factor in Ike Opara's stretch, which is less sexy because it's defensive, not offensive. But Ike Opara had incredible runs of form last year with us. We had Roman Metinere, which, if you remember, when he was at his peak, nobody could do anything on the right side of the field. Offensive left side, but you know what I mean? His right side. Um, Vito Minone had incredible stretches of, of play. Darwin, obviously, had incredible stretches. A little shout-out to Kevin Molino, who I think is one of the most forgotten players on our team. We forget how good he is. I'd like to pull up a very uh, cherry-picked but accurate Major League Soccer stat that is accurate as of today. Goals and assists per 90 minutes. We have Cole Bassett for Colorado, Bradley Wright Phillips, and number three in the entire entire MLS is Kevin Molino. In the entire MLS, Kevin Molino has 
the third most goals and assists per 90 minutes. And he is a game changer when he's healthy. So we have some really quality players, but I think that speaks to the potential and the quality we see and we hope to continue to see from Reynoso. Well, guys, have we gotten to the second half yet? (laughs) We're barely off the 15th minute. (laughs) Let's just, let's just kind of, breeze through the second half a little bit and again if you've got anything grant that you want to like big things that stuck it out to you uh we'll just get like the big hits right so a lot of great saves by dane st Clair. he had one in the 57th minute one in the 84th minute that i was real like that was that was awesome to see i think you know we could spend a, a, a big chunk of an episode talking about how good he is and how great that is to see the other big highlight would be kevin molino's goal in the 69th minute um reynoso just a beautiful pass you know, to lead lead to the goal and then Molino getting in space. And just like you said, just being a great player, making a great move and a, and a beautiful goal for him. But those are, those are kind of the big things, right? That I would see. What else did you see, Grant? Yeah, I think we, we popped back into that 4-2-3-1. Um, it looks like we had started the game in a 4-3-3, which I don't even know if you'd call it a 4-3-3 cause Reynoso and Lude were both floating kind of all over the place. Um, it's a very interesting formation. I don't, you know, it seems very loosey-goosey. But anyways, Molino comes on. We look really, really good. Um, I want to point out the, the challenge by Chase Gasper. So he got a yellow card. Um, he's going to be out for the next game due to the yellow card accumulation. Um, if you watch the replay, uh, Chase has a reckless streak, I think, you know, you can see him watching the ball the whole time. So he's not really going for the player's chest, but you lift your leg that high, you're just, you're asking for trouble. And so it was a reckless move by him. He's out. I'm assuming we'll see Debassi in it left back, assuming that both Michael Boxall and Jose Aja are healthy and ready to play, which I'm very interested to see Debassi in left back. That's very, you know, it's unfortunate Chase got it yellow card and got the accumulation, but that's kind of interesting to me. That's something new. Right. That was what we were talking about when we signed him is that he could be the Ramon. And, you know, we're, of course we're talking about that peak Ramon where he completely shut down an entire side of the field. But we were talking about is Baki Debasi Ramon's clone on the left side of the field, obviously with personnel and having, you know, Chase Gasper available on the left, it makes more sense to slot him into that left center role. But, I agree. I'm excited too. And I'm happy to see Jose Aja back in the center. He's proven he's able to do it. So, And to comment on that in general, just I think Debassi looked great first half and second half. I mean, just very solid in the back, good, smart clearances. And so to see what he does in the quote-unquote Chase Gasper role, pushing the ball up from the left, because he never really gets very high up the field. I, it's interesting. I don't mind it, especially against Nashville. It's not a super hard team. Um, I think we hopefully have a good chance of beating them. It'll be interesting. So uh, that was a big thing that I saw, Chase getting out. And then just Molino being in, we are such a good team with Reynoso and Molino in. If they're both in and healthy, I'll bet on our team every single time. They look incredible together. Well, guys, let's wrap up this game. And let's get into the big CF. It's turned into a staple of the show. I think people tune into this podcast (laughs) specifically because they want to hear about our big club day football, our big CF, as we 
discuss all happenings in the world of American soccer when it comes to the coronavirus. So, unfortunately, for the first time since, you know, Dallas and Nashville were kicked out of the MLS's back tournament, for the first time since then, coronavirus has disrupted MLS games. So with Colorado Rapids, it was reported that four players and 10 staff tested positive with COVID-19. So their Sunday, September 27th match against Sporting Kansas City was postponed, making it the first MLS game to be postponed since the tournament. That game was rescheduled for October 21st. And then on, well, yesterday, Saturday, October 3rd, they were supposed to go to Portland and play against the Timbers. That game was also postponed. So that game will now be held on November 4th. Now, it's cool that everyone seems to be recovering just fine. Everyone seems to be doing okay. It's cool that they were able to reschedule those games. I, for one, am really glad that we do not host a Colorado Rapids podcast in late October, early November. That will be a lot of games. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Rapids anyways, so I'm just glad we don't host <laughs> I'm glad I don't talk about them anyways. We have, don't we have one more time, Sam? Yeah, we do. It's right around there. So this actually could benefit us a little bit. They're going to be so tired. I think it's when the... I think it's right before... We play them right after they play the rescheduled SKC match, I think. Don't hold me to that, but that's what I think it is. Is it home or away? Do we know? thought we got them but i'm not positive on that okay not positive. but they'll be regardless regardless a lot of a lot of games to make up in a little bit of time let's hope they're gassed this are will be the Kai Kamara bring, revenge game are they allowed to bring their ventilators on the field <laughs> they have to leave them on the side of the field too soon? is that out. too soon i'm sorry <laughs> we're gonna find out it's the big cf man we don't know yet we just don't know League-wide, though, there haven't been too many players to have tested positive since the tournament. Uh, One player in Chicago and one in Cincinnati that we know of. However, overall, I've thought it's been doing pretty good. Much better than I thought things would be going. Now, Colorado originally hoped to have returned to practice by now. Their original hopeful date was Friday, October 2nd. They'd be returning to the practice fields. That, of course, did not happen. All jokes aside, hopefully they're all doing great, and hopefully they're able to get back to the practice field soon. But guys, let's get into a bigger CF, okay? A bigger CF. Let's talk. A, <laughs> let's talk a little NFL. Uh, wait, I want to say real quick, Sam. This isn't just an NFL thing. A lot of people, a lot of people came to Minnesota the last week and left with COVID, oh, uh, including <laughs> our fearless leader. So, man, what a great what a great day for Minnesota in the news, huh? But no, no Vikings. You mean Adrian? <laughs> I'm talking about the Cheeto in chief. Yeah, so big day or big week, excuse me, for Minnesota uh, in COVID. Fortunately, no Vikings somehow got infected. A lot of lot of Titans players, but no Vikings. So that's nice. Would it have made a difference? Uh, I mean, I, I would like to say that I think that the fact that they had players playing with COVID, maybe COVID, we don't know, but gives you like superhuman powers and makes you better at football. 
So, you know, I, I, I think we can chalk it up to being a performance enhancing drug. Um, and I think that I think that the win should be vacated from the Titans and given to the Vikings. It's only fair. I was wondering where you're going with that. <laughs> See, because I heard everyone say that Minnesota United deliberately or not Minnesota United, the Minnesota Vikings deliberately caused the Titans players to get COVID so that the NFL season could become just null and void. Oh, okay. Okay, Sam. <laughs> But anyway, we went into the weekend knowing about the Titans and knowing that that game between the Titans and the Steelers that was supposed to happen today, we knew that that was rescheduled to October 25th. Did you hear, did you hear, did either of you, I guess, hear what the Titans coaches told their players? So they, I'm glad that, that clearer minds prevailed and didn't let this happen, but they were like, all right, guys, you know what? We're, be prepared to not practice all week as a team, and then we'll go do our our team flight on Saturday and play on Sunday. They were hoping to still be able to play their game this week, and they were telling their players to they would have to keep themselves ready to go and just go play a game without practicing the whole week. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> Thankfully, can you that imagine happen. that mess? That would be the worst football game to watch. Yeah, I mean, guys would get from hurt. a health standpoint, that'd yeah. be terrible. But just from a pure, you know, if nobody gets actually really badly sick or anything like that, that'd be a terrible game to watch. That'd be awful. Well, speaking of what will probably be a terrible game to watch, um, so Cam Newton, he tested positive. Somehow, at least at the time that we're recording this, Cam Newton is the only New England Patriot who has tested positive. And the game between the Patriots and the Chiefs, right? Like the defending Super Bowl champs, that game was supposed to be today on Sunday. It was postponed to Monday night. So now the Patriots will take on the defending Super Bowl champs without their NFL comeback player of the year candidate, Cam Newton, at the helm. Guys, we we knew this was going to happen. We knew we were going to start watching games without the marquee players. And especially in the NFL with that quarterback position, teams are not the same when they don't have their star quarterback. I don't know. We knew this was going to happen. I guess uh, hopefully it doesn't happen too much. You're not excited to watch Brian Hoyer play? Brian Hoyer, you know? Truthfully, (laughs) the Patriots have been winning games without a star quarterback for years now. So (laughs) sick burn. Sick burn. Uh, though <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go there on Pot on You Loons, but we just did. It's one to... of my Cold North Rants tenants. If you look at my pinned tweet, Tom Brady is a absolute benefactor of Bill Belichick's coaching and defenses. I have to plug it every single time on a podcast. It doesn't matter if it's a parenting podcast, an education podcast. Wait. How many know. parenting and education podcasts are you on? <laughs> zero. Zero. Nobody wants me on yet. But if you're listening, I'm available. Well, h- hold up. Not to get too off topic, but I mean, that was a pretty big comeback by Tampa Bay. And I don't think I don't think Bill Belichick had anything to do with that. So well, he's not a bad quarterback. But you know, neither is You heard it here first, old. ladies and gentlemen. Tom Brady, not a bad quarterback. 
I could start a whole podcast based on my Tom Brady conspiracy theories, and I think he's a fun guy. I think he's a nice dude. I think he's a good quarterback. You don't want to hear me go on the rant about how I actually feel <laughs> about where he stands in the list of quarterbacks. Anyways. <laughs> well, just the final note with the NFL is that it looked like there was a third COVID scare. Michael Burton of the Saints had a false positive. So it was reported out that the Saints and Lions game may be in jeopardy of being able to play today. That turned out not to be true because the test was proven to be a false positive and the game was able to go on as according to plan. So that is all we have for the big CF, guys. That was a pretty big CF. It's just like, what's going to happen next? It, that's that's Apologies why. Apologies for my controversial Tom Brady takes. Uh, I hope I haven't lost you any fans. <laughs> well, we all have like these big hot takes that we're willing to like just take to our grave. Like mine is that, okay, here's something that's going to probably piss a lot of people off. One of the worst movies ever made. 300. That movie was awful. I fell asleep in the theater. You fell asleep in 300? Yeah, it was really bad. It was really bad. Here's the thing. I fell asleep. I was asleep for at least a half hour and I didn't miss a thing. Yeah, I mean, 300 isn't... I feel like good is so subjective, though. In your defense, not to muddy the waters, but, like, it's just a, like, rah-rah, pump-up movie. It's like watching highlight videos for three hours. Like, that's what it is. It's not... There's no story. It's just, guys, go defend thing. Okay, defend thing. Guys, (laughs) die. Okay, the end. Sam, I might might have a more controversial movie take than you. If you say Dumb and Dumber, this podcast is done. Uh, I think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is overrated. I think that there's too many movies and only some of them are good. So that's that's my take. Like people, people are way too into that stuff. And I've just like, I guess it's just not for me. But it's like, (laughs) man, you got to keep making more of those movies. Ant-Man needs, you need three Ant-Mans. You need, how many times have they, have they redone Spider-Man? Oh boy. Oh yeah. That's my I, take. I get it. I like those movies. I don't like buy them. I'm actually a much bigger DC fan than Marvel. But those movies haven't been great. Some, some of them are starting to get good. Yeah. They, they were off to a slow start kind of opposite of my take with, 300 i didn't hate batman versus superman i think that some of the hate went too far because there wasn't a lot of action where i i didn't necessarily mind more story and less action it was just parts of the story didn't always make sense and uh so you're saying it's like the robin lud of superhero stories <laughs> right like it's not always exactly where you want it to be but it's, it was going there the yep. whole time. Actually, you know. that, that is a great comparison. Yeah, like, so I am It super didn't finish. Pumped. They never landed. But right. they were getting there. Well, and that's why I'm so psyched that HBO is going to release the Zack Snyder cut. And this is getting very nerdy, but I'm, I'm psyched <laughs> for the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League because Justice League was a mess. It was an absolute mess. And we know that there was supposed to be a better version of that movie had Zack Schneider not have stepped down for, for family reasons and uh, DC kind of tried to go the Marvel route and just redid the whole freaking movie. 
So Sam, Sam, weren't you the one that told us you didn't want us to rant too much this episode? Yeah. Who the hell yeah. is Zack Snyder? I don't even know what you're talking about, man. He you directed me on this podcast. <laughs> he didn't want us to rant too much. He he directed Batman vs Superman, and uh, he was the original kind of visionary of the DC movie universe, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Let Let's start closing things off. We have a quick. EPL, Pot on You Loons Fantasy League update. So we, we've mentioned we had two people who started after week one, and already one of those people, even though they did not get any points for week one, one of those people, Austin, has already passed up Justin. So great job, Austin. Sam, you can read the notes. I know. You know, the people at home, they, they don't need to know what I wrote, but Sam, I, I would like to bring up again that... I made the mistake of not using my free play to redo my roster. And I took like a loss of 60 points moving in and out players. So that's my fault, but I'm clawing back. Uh, I have the second most points right now for week four. So suck it, Sam. It's going to be okay. I'm coming for you. And uh, I think Sam's projecting because he's not doing very well either. So yeah, we'll, no, see. It's true. we'll see how long. And I don't even totally know what I'm doing, right? Like, I I know the players, but I don't necessarily know what leads to a good fantasy soccer team with these scoring settings. Like, I don't totally know what I'm doing. And, like, even, like, transfers and things like that, or, like, you get, like, a triple captain, like, once a year. I don't totally understand that either. But let's just do the rundown. Now, the fantasy football guru, whether it is football or football, Doomsday Jeremy, friend of the show, uh, of course, of the My Franchise Fantasy Football Podcast. Doomsday Jeremy is fourth place in our league. Captain James, not too far behind him in fifth. My buddy Buddy, he is in fifth place. No, sorry, he's in sixth place. My Palace fan brother-in-law is in seventh place. I'm in twelfth, right? So I really shouldn't talk. Antifa Nate's in thirteenth. At least I'm beating him. Then our loyal listener, Austin, the Darkwing Duck, he's in 15th place. Justin's Calvone Co. in 16th. And then Chad's Boom Zakalaka in 17th. So I'm sorry, Chad, you haven't even caught up to Justin yet. So that sucks. Grant, you're not in the league yet. No, I'm actually in a, a EPL fantasy league. Um, my good friend Kang Wan invited me into one, and uh, I am terrible. <laughs> so I will be forgoing any fantasy leagues besides the one I'm currently in until I can figure out how to set a lineup that has all the players playing. Because sure. uh, <laughs> right now I have like an average of 1.5 players who aren't actually playing that week. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm setting my football lineup, and then I'm setting my work football lineup, and then I'm setting my EPL lineup, and I'm just like, I'm yeah, I I gotta get my stuff in order, you know. So what I like about the fantasy EPL, and we play on the Premier League official website. What I like about it is I'm in two leagues, but I use the same lineup for both of those leagues, so that just makes it easier, right? Like. I, as I grow older and I have more responsibilities, I don't like how many fantasy football NFL leagues I'm in. In fact, I am mad at myself every week when it comes time to set lineups that I'm just like, why don't, why aren't I strong enough to quit some of these? 
But with Fantasy EPL, as long as you're using the same website, you can just submit a team and then you're in the league. You can start talking. Oh, Grant, Grant. I then think you can start wants- talking trash. <laughs> you want Grant, one I think- person to beat on. Yeah, that's what I think. I think he just wants one more person to put at the bottom of the table so he can feel a little bit better about himself. So, Grant, you do you. You do you. If you want to... I'll just... I'll be literally... Who, who was the bottom? Chad? Chad. Yeah, you've got bumped up one spot. All right? <laughs> On our social media, you can scroll down and you'll be able to find the link and the code to join our Fantasy League. It's just kind of fun. We'll give you a shout-out if, uh, if you're interacting with us. We have... Of course, we have some people playing that I'm not quite sure if they're listeners of the show or if they just somehow stumbled upon the league. But if if they interact with us, we'll give you the shout out too. Well, guys, that is all we have for today. Minnesota United's next match is on Tuesday, October 6th at Nashville. I do, I do want to bring up the fact that I think, are we going to get to see like a game's worth of Raheem? I think we are. I think that... I, if anything, he's definitely going to get a half, and I'm excited for that because, you know, on the short rest, I think we're going to get to see some of our sub guys, and hopefully, I hope he gets the whole game. It sounds inevitable. It seems like that's very likely. It would be fun. It would be good talking for the podcast if that happens. I'm so big on Raheem Edwards. Like, I want that dude to get some starting time. I, I love what he brings to the team, and I'm, I'm ready for a start. I'm ready for a Raheem start. Me too. Me too. Grant, you're going to need two jerseys next year. Hey, uh, Raheem Edwards tweeted back at me one time that if he ever got FIFA, he would, well, for PlayStation, I think he said, he would he would add me and play me back. So I also have Luisa Maria added on PlayStation. I Google translated uh, Spanish. I said, you know, and I used to speak Spanish, like, very poorly. But I said, I'm a fan of Minnesota United, and I think you're a good player. Can we play FIFA? And he added me. So I see, I've got his uh, PlayStation 4 username on there. I won't out him, but I've got him. That's awesome. I'm too nervous to add him because I don't know if he speaks much English. And I don't expect him to, but my Spanish is so poor that I think I would just be able to be like, hola. Do you think he's good at FIFA? I bet he is. I bet he is. I get the feeling that a, a lot of those guys, like that's their their downtime. You know, a lot of the Minnesota United guys play FIFA in their in their downtime. So, especially if I was in a video game, I'd be playing it all the time. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I might have to get a Raheem jersey for sure. I'm well. You place. you have a way of connecting with the Minnesota United players. Like we had you on the show a few episodes ago, and. Was it just a coincidence that our first play ever out of Finland happened right after you were on? Not just Finland, but the Helsinki area, which I Googled. That's where Robin Lud is from. I, I don't know. know. And Robin Lud, if you're listening, come join the podcast. We would <laughs> love it. We would love it. And we this is a pro-Robin Lud podcast. Even if Sam and Justin don't agree, I think it is. I've never once said anything negative about Robin Lud. No, you haven't. You I'm haven't. a big this fan. Is- I, I've talked about stealing James's Robin Lud jersey that's currently in my entryway. As long as he helps us win games, I'm a, I'm a Robin Lud fan. Absolutely. Robin, if you're listening, hop on the podcast. I'll buy you a beer, Robin. <laughs> Two beers. I'll join in too. You know what? 
I'll buy him a keg if he comes on the podcast. Jesus. <laughs> All right, this man has fitness to take care of. He's That's an athlete. Point. All right, let's settle That's that. Good point. In the off-season, Robin. In there the off-season. There it is. <laughs> well, guys, until next time, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>